people just don't pull the trigger. They're too afraid to pull the trigger because I have a belief and I, I think it'll resonate with some people listening today. And that is that before we got into business, we spend our lives taking money and buying, you know, clothes, buying fuel, buying food. And what's the thing we know about all these things, Christina? Every single one of them, we don't get a return on them. So we've, we've, we train our brain to believe that when I, when I buy something, when I use money, I lose it. Whereas, whereas when you get into business, you've got to learn to flip your brain to realize I'm actually buying assets and I'm building assets that long term will, will give me a return. That's a huge change people have to make, and I don't think it's easy for a lot of people. That was Stephen Summers, and he is coming to us from across the pond, talking about the importance of building strategic relationships in your business. And it's funny because this is a timely topic, I guess, for me in my business. It's something that um, my business coach and my mastermind was talking about not too long ago, and here I am doing a podcast episode on the topic. Um, And you are going to want to head to the show notes for this one, and I'm gonna tell you why. I usually bring on people who I already know, who I already have a relationship with, or just people that I know of from other people. I very rarely take cold pitches. This guy, I did not know. He pitched me, it was a completely cold pitch, but it was a really good one. And since pitching is kind of my jam, it's what my team does on my agency side of things, and it's what I teach you how to do um, if you are not ready to invest in an agency. So I just had to take Stephen's pitch word for word and copy and paste it in the show notes for this episode. So if you yourself want to get on more podcasts and you are not sure how to craft a really good pitch, head to the show notes at becomeamediamaven.com and check out Stephen's pitch. But you are also going to love this episode about building strategic relationships to build your business wonder how some people seem to get a ton of media coverage and you don't? Welcome to Become a Media Maven, where TV reporter, host, and news contributor Christina Nicholson shares years of media experience to help you get the media attention you and your business deserve. And now, to help you master your media coverage, Christina Nicholson. Stephen, thank you for joining me all the way from Ireland today. Absolutely. I'm delighted to be here. Really excited to have a chat as I love talking about this stuff. And I'm excited to hear more about it. Um, But first, let's talk about why you are qualified to talk about what we're going to talk about today, which is about building strategic partnerships that scale your business. So tell me a little bit about your story and how you got started and how you grew to where you're at now. Yeah, sure. I'll make it as short as I possibly can. Just a bit to cover. <laughs> but, but yes, my name is Stephen Summers. I'm 32 years old, just to give some context. I mean, I live in Ireland, as you, you mentioned. And so, yeah, I started my business when I was uh, in my early 20s. I was like a lot of people trying to figure out how to build a business online, trying to figure out how to make money and all of that. Bought all the scams under the sun and basically realized, you know, that the thing that I, I needed to do was learn how to build a real business. And so I met this guy called Robert uh, Ricky, who's still my business partner today. And he was selling products on Amazon and eBay and places like that. And I've been so sick and tired of just learning about things that didn't work. I, I kind of found this guy and I was like, I have to learn from him. So cutting a long story short, 
I, I basically went to live in Northern Ireland, which is north of, of where I live here in, in Ireland now. And I learned with Robert for, for about nine months. I worked in the warehouse. Uh, it was freezing cold. I was learning how he sold products online and it was really cool. And so essentially within about a year of learning with Robert, we decided to start our own company together, selling our own branded products globally on Amazon. That's kind of level one of what we started to do. So we built a really successful company. We utilized Amazon's warehouses and all of that. So we didn't need to have a warehouse anymore. We got rid of all the staff that were there. Um, two of us built this really, really cool, successful business. And we did that for about three, four years. And then I started to think to myself, you know, is this all I want to do? Do I want, do I want to just sell vacuum storage bags for the rest of my life? Or do I want to try and make a bigger impact? And so that's why I'm here today, because we decided to create a company where we could, number one, train people how to build businesses on Amazon. And number two, then we could build other businesses off the back of that to help people do that. So we we're now run a company called Marketplace Superheroes. It's an eight-figure training business. We also run a freight company where we do all the freight for our members called Superhero Freight. Uh, we've won five two-comma club, two club awards with ClickFunnels. And, um, you know, we're a pretty successful business. And so, yeah, that's that's why I'm here uh, to talk about strategic relationships, because they've been an integral part of building Marketplace Superheroes, because I started out wanting to share what we know, what we knew of people. But I literally had no contacts. Uh, nobody knew who I was. And even before we went on today, Christina, you said, I, have, I don't know who you are, which is cool. And so it's been a big part of how we build an eight figure business now. And I just can't wait to talk about it more. Um, yeah. And I told you, I didn't know who you were, but I liked your pitch. And I usually yeah. don't have people on my podcast who I don't like really know and can vouch for. But being in the media industry, I get a lot of pitches. Most of them are terrible. Yours was pretty good. And then, and I, and I, I didn't respond to it, but then you followed up and I was yep. like, okay, not only was his pitch good, but then he followed up and the follow up was good. So I'm gonna have this guy on. Um, cool. and I actually shared it with my team, um, at my PR agency. And I was like, Hey guys, when we pitch clients for podcasts, Take a look at this one that I just got from Stephen Summers because I'm going to have That's him on cool. my podcast because I liked it. So I used it as an example of a pitch that I got from somebody I didn't know that I liked. Yeah. So that's why I had you on. That's um, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so when you started working with this guy, I want to backtrack a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah, sure. For nine months, were you working with him like you were an employee of his or was he like a business coach you were paying? Yeah, it's a great question. No, basically, I was just this weird Irish kid who wanted to build a business online and saw he was selling products. And so I just I just said, look, can I come work for you? Uh, I'll, I'll help out in the warehouse, but I'd like to learn at the same time. So I wasn't really an employee as such. I was kind of like a, a contractor he never planned to have. <laughs> and I just forced my way in there. And I, I really just learned with him every day. I just sat there watching what he was doing, uh, you know, learning, soaking it all in. And at the same same time, I've been reading a lot of business books like, you know, the E-Myth, for example, Michael Gerber and books like that, where I learned about processes and systems. And I noticed that even though Robert had been doing well selling his products on Amazon, he didn't really have any systems in place in his business to, to take himself out of the equation. So he was very stressed. Uh, he was working all day long. And I saw an opportunity there to go, well, I know I'm a kind of like a beginner, if you want to call it that, but I have a lot of book knowledge. 
So if I can take my book knowledge, I can match it with your in-depth, actual, in-the-trenches knowledge. I think we can build something really cool and really new. And so, and at the time, Amazon, they have this thing called Fulfillment by Amazon, where you can basically send your stock to Amazon's warehouses all over the world. They'll hold it in stock. Whenever you make a sale, they'll ship it out for you and stuff like that. And so I, I was really pushing this idea that why don't we start again? move into new markets. We don't need the warehouses. We don't need the staff anymore. And let's try and grow something really global using leveraging Amazon. And so it was, it was unfortunate we had to uh, get rid of people that was really hard, but it was the right thing to do because we were looking for a more uh, lifestyle-based business. We weren't looking for something at the time where we were stuck to a desk all day, you know? Yeah. Okay. Before we get into building strategic relationships, I, mm -hmm. I just have a couple of questions about like what you do and how you do it. What sure. are the biggest mistakes that you see people making when they do try to either sell a product or e on Amazon or they try to use Amazon as maybe it's a side hustle or side income? Mm. Um, what are the biggest mistakes you see people making and then how do they fix those mistakes? Yeah, great. And I'll try and make them as, as kind of broad as I can because they're the same lessons I think we can apply to anything and anybody's listening here today. Uh, the first thing for sure, I, I believe, is that people don't think long term. That's definitely an issue. So when it comes to selling on Amazon, they might look at something that when they're doing a trial order, so a little test order where they're bringing it in from China, they're putting their own brand on it, etc. They're not ordering that many units because they want to try it out. They mightn't get the best price from a supplier because of the factor trench to test something out. So they use that and they say, oh, it's, I'm not going to make money today. Therefore, I don't want to do it. And I think every business is the exact same. People sell on courses, consulting, whatever. A lot of times we look at it and we say, if it's not going to make money today, I don't want to do it. So they don't think long term because the long term outlook on that is I know I'm not going to make the money I want to make today. However, I'm going to test something in the market. I'm going to validate it works. And from there, I can scale it with time. You can apply that to any business. I think that's a big mistake people make. Another mistake I see from people that are not yet entrepreneurs is that they, they spend their lives consuming, not producing, right? And then especially in the media business is a good example. You know, we are creating material that people will consume. Uh, but as, as, as creators of material, we've got to see ourselves as producers. We produce material. We produce uh, courses. We, we, we produce products that we want to sell on Amazon. So you've got to start seeing yourself as a producer from now on rather than just being a consumer all the time. And that's why I think people don't become successful in business because they just consume courses all day without taking action. And they, what we call confuse achievement with activity, which is another massive mistake. Like if you're just, if you're just reading courses or listening to courses or listening to podcasts all day, that's cool. You're building up a lot of knowledge, but if you're not actually activating that knowledge and doing anything with it, you might as well not have it, you know? So that's, they're some of the big mistakes I see. Uh, and then after that, people just don't pull the trigger. They're too afraid to pull the trigger because I have a belief and I, I think it'll resonate with some people listening today. And that is that before we got into business, we spend our lives taking money and buying, you know, clothes, buying fuel, buying food. And what's the thing we know about all these things, Christina? Every single one of them, we don't get a return on them. So we've, we, we train our brain to believe that when I, when I buy something, when I use money, I lose it. When as, whereas when you get into business, you've got to learn to flip your brain to realize I'm actually buying assets and I'm building assets that long term will, will give me a return. And that's a huge change people have to make and I don't think it's easy for a lot of people.
I love those. Those are all really good. I really like the point you made about people consume content, they get their education, and they're like, oh, yep, now I know what I need to do, but they never <laughs> actually do anything. Yeah. And it's like, that's why you're not successful, people. It's like, um, my husband does this all the time. He'll have this great idea for an invention. And then yeah. five years later, we're buying it on Amazon. And he's like, oh, man, I should have done something. I'm like, yeah, you should have, because now we're <laughs> we're giving money to somebody else who actually did something, and I'll, you're going off to work today. So have fun with that. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, it's a great, it's a it's a painful but great lesson to learn. And you know, I think as well, no matter what you do in business and life, you can always start ugly. You know, I, I think we have this belief that everything has to be perfect from day one. You know, when I when we first started doing marketplace superheroes, just I suppose move on there for you. I, I literally had no contacts. I knew nobody. But what did I have? Well, I, I was a part of some groups, Facebook groups at the time, that, that I was learning a lot of online marketing from in order to be able to launch this thing. And I just basically started sharing what I was doing. You know, um, excited to – I remember posting something like excited to find – finally launch my new webinar where we teach people how we sold whatever four million dollars of products on Amazon or something like that at the time We've done a lot more since and and loads of people in the group all said sounds awesome can you tell me more and I, and I was like whoa hold on I didn't I'm not here to try and sell anything but all of a sudden the people in the group then wanted to know more about what it was I had to sell because they were interested in the concept so I actually got on the phone with everybody uh, found out more about them and basically pitched everybody uh, the first version of Marketplace Superheroes back in 2014. We didn't even have a course and I was selling it for, for $500. And so that was as ugly as you can possibly get. You know, we didn't have a website. We didn't have anything. But yet, you know, people wanted the concept. They were interested in the concept. And I was able to hustle the first few enrollments in there. And, that, and those, some of those people are still with us today as customers, which is really cool, you know? That's very cool. Okay, so let's shift a little bit. I mean, I guess that kind of is a good segue to talk about strategic partnerships. This yeah. is something that I actually, I'm going to be completely honest, I am not amazing at. I mean, I feel yeah. like when I do get referrals from other business owners, um, it is from people who do the same thing I do. And maybe yeah. they just don't want to take any more clients or they have a conflict of interest or the budget's not right or there's something there. It's never somebody who does something different but serves the same client. Like I just, I don't have good strategic partnerships. But I will say, I get messages all day, every day on LinkedIn, for example, from people who say, oh, we should work together. Let's meet for coffee. And it's <laughs> always some BS. Like, I can't meet for coffee. First of all, I don't drink coffee. Second of <laughs> all, I can't meet with everybody who sends me a message wanting to meet to talk about business. And I don't want a strategic partner that I know nothing about. So I guess just yeah. break it all down from start to finish how we can start building these strategic partnerships to scale our business. Yeah, brilliant. I, I think there's, a, there's so much in this, you know, so we'll, 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 we'll only scratch the surface today, but it's still a very important conversation. And I think the first thing I would mention is that if you take my business where we teach people how to sell on Amazon, it's actually a tricky referral for a lot of people because it's kind of a, even though the, the desire is I want to quit my job and build an online business, it's a very specific vehicle to achieve that outcome. However, if you look at what you do, it's a lot more 
um, you would know who to refer to you. It's a lot simpler for people to, to know who to refer to you, I would say. So that's a, a sort of a, I think it's an important thing if you're looking at what you do. It's very closely defined, like I'm a chiropractor, I'm a, a lawyer, I'm in PR, I, whatever, you know, it's it's very defined. It can be a lot simpler to to get referrals and know where to create strategic partnerships, which I'll break down. So that's the first thing to say. On from that then, there's so many types of referrals and strategic partnerships you can create. It really does depend on the type of business. So a business like ours then, what have we done? Well, the first thing we did was we actually looked at our competition and we said, who are our main competitors in this market space? So we identified who they were. And then we said to ourselves, okay, well, do they promote things? Do they have like leaderboards or something like that where people are actually, they're telling you who their top referral partners are? And in our case, our main competitor did have that actually. And I went to a lot of the people who were on their leaderboard as people who made a lot of sales of their course. And they basically just said they were a much more expensive uh, program than ours. We're very different. But I suppose in the eyes of the customer, they don't see all the differences straight away until they get into our world. And I basically just said to these people, look, you're referring this program to people on your list and your email list, your audience that you're creating. But it's it's a very expensive program. So I would bet there are a lot of people who really want to sell on Amazon, but they don't have the funds that are required to do that course because it was $5,000, $7,000 at the time. And so they were like, yeah, no, it's true. I mean, a lot of people ask us for a lower priced thing that they can get into. I don't have anything to refer to them. So that was the number one thing I did. And it really created some of our biggest partnerships and that still today bring us in three to five sales of a thousand dollar program, you know, every day. And and I've gone on, by the way, to create some of our most valuable clients. Because one thing Jay Abraham says, and I highly recommend everybody listening today, I'm going to give you the greatest resource you've ever got in your life. Two, in fact, for free, that you can check out. Because uh, I have nothing to sell you on this stuff. I just want to share it with you. It's, it's both Jay Abraham things. One is called Mediocrity to Millions. Hope you don't mind me sharing this, Christina. No, I'm going to put it in the uh, show notes. Yeah, Mediocrity to Millions. Just Google that. I, I don't have the exact link, and you'll find a PDF for that. It's an amazing book about joint ventures and strategic alliances that Jay Abraham wrote. It's online. The other one, then, is one called the Abraham Mind Shift Challenge both Jay Abraham books. And they're gonna tell you a lot and teach you a lot about how to start thinking about uh, strategic partnerships. Cause you gotta start looking at things in a non-linear fashion, in a 360 degree fashion. So to come back to what I was talking about anyway, as, as that was a side note, I started looking for these people and I, I locked down a lot of these people. Now, what was so important with these people is they integrated us into their business. One of our main uh, affiliates has a huge YouTube channel and he's got a, an autoresponder series where he promotes different things to people on an automated fashion. So we're the third thing he promotes in his autoresponder series. So every day we're integrated into the fabric of his business. And another affiliate is the same way. She actually has integrated us the very same way. So, so that's number one. That's a very obvious strategic partnership you guys can look for. Who are your main competitors? Do they have joint venture uh, boards, JV leaderboards? Can I go and find these people, speak to them? And can I become an alternative source to the thing that they've been successful promoting? That's number one. Then you can start to think, what are complementary products in my in my market and do they have the same joint venture boards, uh, leaderboards? So for example, you could say, 
Well, we teach people how to build a business on Amazon. What are other people that are teaching similar, the same audience, uh, a different vehicle? So maybe it's uh, drop shipping, for example, uh, which is which I won't explain because we don't have time. But I'll also say social media marketing just to make it easy for people. So they're making a business in a box. Here to be a social media expert. You could go to those people and say, listen, you teach social media. I teach people how to sell on Amazon. Not everybody's going to want to do what you want them to do. Not everybody's going to do what I want them to do. Why don't we create a relationship where any of your unconverted prospects will do a promotion for them and vice versa? So you're sharing resources there. That's another beautiful way to build a strategic partnership. The next thing you can look at doing uh, is is look for, for what are services and softwares people in your market use right now. Right. This is the, this is a very valuable one. It's a no brainer one. So in my market, I looked at it and I said, well, there's obviously Amazon softwares. They're not that great for me because a lot of times those people are already selling on Amazon. And even though we have things for those people, they're not perfect because a lot of our material is for people just starting out. So then I, we, we still do stuff with those people. And I'll tell you what we do in just a second, which you can all do right now. But anyway, uh, what I did then was I said, well, uh, who are other service providers in this area? So there's lawyers, there's accountants, there's the software people I mentioned. Now, while they're not perfect referrals because they mightn't have a whole bunch of beginners, I basically went to a lot of these companies and just said, let's do what we call a list swap. So I will let my audience know about what you have to offer if you let your audience know what I have to offer. So we pre-wrote some emails for them. They wrote some emails for us. Uh, we then send out those emails to our email list. They did the exact same for us. And the beautiful thing is, obviously, we vetted that what they had was good and everything. Of course, we didn't just like send anything out. But when we did that, we found that even though these people, I didn't think they'd buy anything from us. Those those referrals, quite a lot of people bought our program because those people wanted to learn more about how we did things, the way we did it, etc. So so that's a list swap where you're just sharing resources with non-competing complementary people. So going back at the top, we had direct Direct competitors looking at their joint venture partners and speaking to them. I then talked about complementary uh, service providers, product owners, speaking to their joint, their JV affiliates and, and doing the same thing with them. I then talked about looking at the customer journey and identifying what are all the different services and softwares they use. I'm going to speak to them and, and find a win-win situation where they can email their customers and let them know about you and vice versa. So even if you look at your business, Christina, like there's so many different, like there'll be different softwares out there people would be using that you could go and build a relationship with. Uh, you know, even if you went to an attorney, for example, who was like, who, who maybe deals with a lot of public figures, well, that's a, a good potential joint venture opportunity as well. Uh, and so I know what you're saying about sometimes people hit you up and they're, they're not direct, like they're saying, let's figure out how we can work together, etc. I find a lot of times those people don't really know. I always look for, well, tell me what's one thing you, you see we can do together where we can help each other. And typically they can never answer because they haven't thought about it. But I think if you can really think about it, you can understand what are the resources that company have right now that you know you can access. Then it's about creating what we call like a mafia offer, an offer too good to refuse, and just go in there and, and put it in place. Like we, we do free trainings for companies all the time, teaching, teaching say, uh, an attorney, an Amazon attorney, email your clients and we'll show them how to expand their business into Europe, for example, on Amazon. Because I know, number one, 
they're probably getting asked about that because it's a huge thing Amazon sellers are looking to do. Number two, I don't have to sell anything to them because once they see that we have the solution to their problem of expanding their Amazon business, they're gonna wanna naturally work with us anyway. So it's beautiful, it's free education, it's something they can give to people or have been asked for anyway, and it's the easiest referral in the world. So. Has that got your brain ticking a little bit, maybe? I like it, and I'm excited to check out those resources. Again, I'm going to put both of those by Jay Abraham in the show notes. One question to follow up on all of those ideas, which is great because you're giving us more than one way to build these relationships. Once they're built, Mm -hmm. say a sale is made, um, talk to me about referral fees or white labeling. Like, How do you handle the thank you part of this? Yeah, absolutely. So there's many different, it's what you got to do. First of all, you've got to think about what is it that the the partner uh, may want that you have and vice versa. So if it's, if it's just money, well, okay, that's one thing. So it's like a referral fee. That's one way they could be an affiliate, but there's other things people want. So for example, you take the Amazon softwares as a good example. I've got over 4,000 ready to go clients that they can get in front of for no money if I email out to my list. So that's a massive opportunity for somebody in that space, which is a targeted audience, which I know. On the other hand, I know they've got thousands of Amazon sellers. So we've got our freight business, like I mentioned earlier on, and that's our long-term business where we partner with sellers and we help them with their freight. So for me, it makes complete sense then to to do a swap there where maybe no money is exchanged because if we do both our jobs right, we should be able to share our resources and from there create profitable uh, situations in our own businesses because we just have the offers in place that will naturally monetize those people. So that's so that's like a good example of that where I just know there's no need to, to do affiliate fees there. Now we could have gone the other way and said, okay, I'll refer your software to my audience. Uh, I'll take an affiliate commission and then I'll, if I'll, you promote my program to your audience and I'll give, and then I'll track the affiliate commissions and give you those as well. So we use, uh, we use, well, we use ClickFunnels for all our stuff and we use Backpack, their affiliate platform. And again, like, I mean, it's not the best affiliate platform in the world. There are many others you can use. That's what we use right now. It's the setup we have. A lot of people use Infusionsoft or whatever, which is obviously one way you can track all of those things. So, so that's number one. It's knowing that the, it's knowing that motivation is really important because I have found in my experience that many times, a, a, like a list swap, like I've talked about, that's like the simplest way to do an initial go on a date, if you want to call it that, where we're just doing a little simple thing. We're trying to help each other out. We're trying to share resources. There's no money being exchanged. It's very low uh, um, low uh, attachment, low whatever. Uh, I kind of think of the word. My brain will not work. Uh, but you know what I mean? It's, it's not a big deal. Whereas an affiliate promotion, it's a much bigger deal. That said, though, if you go back to what we said at the start there, we find a content provider uh, who is teaching social media marketing. I'm teaching what I teach and we're looking to share resources. That's a good example of somebody who would want an affiliate commission simply because they're, they're, they're investing money to build their audience and time. And, and, and if these are unconverted prospects, well, the only thing that's going to make sense to help them get what they want is by offering an affiliate commission. So always start with, with what you have and what they have and think about that because you it may not be money. Perfect. I like it. Um, 
is there anything else you want to add that I should have asked? And then also let us know where we can find more about you and what you do. There's a so many things I could teach about this, and I think I, I it's probably best not to get into it. All I would say to people is, if you're listening to what I'm saying now, just just pick, just go into your market and find people who are doing, who are not necessarily doing what you do, but are uh, who are helping the people you help. In other words, think about the software companies, think about other providers that are helping your audience, and just go in and give them value. Get to know them a little bit, help them out in any way you can. Just start there and you'll find you're going to build up your network of people very quickly. And then when the time is right, you can you can then engage in the conversation like what we talked about. So even just start at that level, build more relationships with people who already work with your audience. That's an amazing first step for everybody. So I'd start there. Uh, so in terms of getting to, to speak to myself, obviously you can check out marketplacesuperheroes.com. That's where we teach all the Amazon stuff. If you want to send me a little message on Instagram, Stephen J. Summers is my Instagram handle. And uh, we have a really cool YouTube channel as well. If you want to learn more about what Marketplace Superheroes does, just search Marketplace Superheroes and you'll find us on YouTube. And and from there, that's really everything. I don't I don't I don't like sell anything to do with this stuff. I just love talking about it and I thought it'd be a great opportunity to share some of my ideas with your audience, Christine. And I'd just like to thank you for having me on today. I've really appreciated it. Thank you. This has been awesome. Um, like I said, you had a great pitch, and we haven't talked about strategic partnerships yet on the podcast. So thank you so much, Stephen. Sure, you're very welcome. I look forward to speaking to you again, hopefully. Thank you so much, Stephen. And obviously, there is a lot to get in the show notes for this episode, tons that we talked about. And you don't want to miss his pitch. Remember, I copied and pasted his pitch to get on my podcast and put it in the show notes for this episode. So definitely check it out because it was a great pitch. It was a cold pitch. I didn't know Stephen, knew nothing about him, what he did, nothing. But his pitch was so good that I had to have him on the podcast. So make sure you head to the show notes to check that out. And I will see you again next week. Thanks for spending some time with me today.